Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Joshua, I want to go to the book of Joshua this evening uh, to chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. And um, if you were here this morning, um, Pastor Ben had said that I would stay in the same vein of kind of some things that he shared this morning, and I'm, I am going to do that. And it's amazing, as, as he said, that we don't discuss what we're preaching or anything like that, but I'm amazed that even from the songs we sang today and the things that were preached and shared and what I'm going to share, that there's an underlying message here. And, and maybe God is speaking something to us as a church and as a people that he really wants to get into our hearts. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit knows how to orchestrate things and line things up? And by the way, the podcast will be out this Tuesday. And if you did, you weren't here this morning, you need to pick up the uh, message. You need to get it, download it uh, from this morning. It's a powerful word. It'll bless your life, I promise. Amen? Amen. Joshua chapter 1. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and you, you and all the people to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Isn't that a blessing? He said, you got some territory to take that's waiting on you. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And I'll stop there um, and begin to jump into this. If you're taking notes or you want to title this, um, you can call it confidence in your calling. Being confident in your calling. I want to talk about confidence today and particularly confidence in your calling And ultimately, where our confidence has to be, and as we sang, it has to be in God and in God alone. First of all, when you understand calling, I want to let you know, I want to say that you have to understand in order to have confidence in your calling, you must believe that you are called. As I look throughout this room, every person that is in this building, in this room, under the sound of my voice, You need to have it settled in your mind and in your heart that you have been called by God. You've been called to make a difference. You've been called to take ground. You've been called to be about our father's business. You've been called to do great and mighty things. You've been called to good success and great success. You've been called to great dreams and great visions. You've been called to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. The Bible said they that know their Lord shall be strong and do mighty exploits. 
Understand that you're called not only to do great things, you're called to make a contribution. Each and every one of you in here have something to contribute to advance the kingdom of God. There is no mistakes when it comes to God. There is no insignificant purpose or call or purpose in the eyes of God. Every person is made in the image of God. Every person has something to contribute. It may be different. It may be on different levels. It may be in different places. But you need to have it settled in your mind that I am here to make a contribution. I'm not here just to exist. I'm not here just to wander through life aimlessly. I'm not here to just just, just kind of live any kind of way, but you need to understand that you have been created on purpose, for purpose, and with a purpose. When you talk about your call, you got to understand that your presence has purpose on this earth. You're not a, yeah, I wrote it like this, you're not a cosmic coincidence. You're not a relational accident. People may have not planned you but God has planned you. I may not know the situation or circumstance that you were born in and born through, but I'm here to tell you that no one in here is an accident. I want to remind you of the words that God told Jeremiah. He said before, listen to this, before I formed you in the womb. Key word is before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Here it is again. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. He said before you ever got in the womb of your mother, before you ever set foot on this earth, understand that you, before you were conceived in the womb of your mother, you were already in the mind of God. I want to tell you that you have been placed here to fulfill a purpose on this earth. And let me say it like this. Your birth is a response to a cause. I said your birth is a response to the cause. John 18, 37, Jesus said this. Uh, he said, for this cause, I was born. For this cause, I've come into the world. You were born for a cause. And when you talk about purpose, understand your purpose is an answer to a problem. Purpose is an answer to a problem. Every one of us in here have been placed on this earth to be an answer to a problem. My God, I'm ready to preach this. I'm getting excited. Because that's why you have to embrace this. That every one of us is an answer to a problem. God needed you in this earth to be about solving problems. See, why do you say that? Everything was, that has been created was created to solve a problem. We have lights because there was a darkness problem. Come on. We have a microphone in my hand that was created because there was a problem with amplifying the voice of a speaker. So when you look around a world that is filled with problems, you got to understand that I have been sent here to be one that God can use to turn things around, to change things, to move things, to shake things, and to be an instrument in the mighty hands of a great God. When you understand that you're here to solve problems, you understand that when, oh my, when you leave here, they should not no longer exist after you're gone. There's some things that may have been here when you came, but because you've been born to solve problems, they shouldn't be here when you leave. There may be some things, come on, does anybody believe that you're here to do more than just exist? 
Some one of the greatest things is to find out that what my purpose is and what my call is and what I'm uh, called to do on this earth. Because oftentimes what I believe is when you find out who you are, you also find out who you're not. The greatest thing for me to discover was who I was. Because when I understand who I was through this book, then I start recognizing stuff that don't belong in my life. That's not uh, who I am. That's not part. No, 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 no. This bottle has got to go. That's not who I am. These cigarettes has got to go. That's not who I am. This potty mouth cussing is not who I am. This mouth is going to be used to declare the words of God. I don't need those words in my mouth. I need these words in my mouth. And the greatest thing that you can do is find out who you are. And at the same time, you'll realize who you're not. Bible said that, that in Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses called Joshua and he said to him, listen to these words in the sight of all Israel. He looked at him. He said, I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. And listen to these words. He said, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. Did you hear what he said? He said, I come. He called Joshua out. Joshua had been in the backdrop. Joshua had been an assistant. Joshua had been serving behind the scenes. But now it was time for him to go from the backdrop to the forefronts. And the Bible said he stood before the children of Israel. And Moses said these. I love this. He said, you must go over before these people because you are going to cause them to inherit the land. Now that may not mean much to you, but when you look at that word must, that word must is defined as to be determined an absolute requirement. It's indispensable. It cannot be avoided. You can't exempt it or you can't take it for granted. In other words, Moses, Joshua, you have no choice in the matter. There's too much relying on you. There's too much you've been called to do. There's too much you've been called to accomplish in this life in other words when it comes to your call Joshua you have to be determined that it's an absolute requirement it's indispensable you can't avoid it you can't exempt it and you can't take it for granted because notice what he said when you step into your purpose you're going to help other people enter into their promise some of you need to understand that purpose is not just about you it's about what God wants to do through you to help you help others come on can I get a big amen there he said when you step in the purpose I'm going to use you to help others walk in the promise wonder whose promise is attached to your purpose wonder whose breakthrough is attached to your breakthrough wonder whose miracle is waiting you to step into the right place and through you God will use you to be the vehicle of the miraculous in someone's life it's not about us. It's bigger than us. Imagine what it felt like in that moment in my mind as I could think about Joshua. He's been a faithful servant. He's been, he, he's been doing what he's been told to do. But now he's about to step into a place. Understand that these are big shoes he's about to step into. We're talking about Moses that he's about to succeed. Moses, I wrote down the man of God. 
Moses who withstood Pharaoh and brought Egypt to his knees. Moses who brought, the Bible said he prayed and brought manna from heaven. Moses the man who, had, who brought water from the rock. Moses who received the law of God. Moses, the Bible said, that talked to God face to face. Moses who fasted for 40 days in the presence of God and came down with the glory of the Lord upon him. Moses who stood with great authority and power, stretching forth his rod and watching the Red Sea part. It is this guy that God said, now you're going to step up and take over. Imagine what Joshua felt in that moment. Come on, let's be real. Those are big shoes to fill. Could it be that it began to go through Joshua's mind? Can I really do this? Can I really step into this place? I mean, these are big shoes to fill. This is great things to accomplish. I've been with this guy for years, but now it's God is calling me. God is calling me. God is calling me to step up to another level. I need to say that to somebody. God is calling you to step up to another level. God is calling you to come from where you've been. God is calling you to move forward. Some of us have been complacent too long, been comfortable too long. We've gotten relaxed, but you need to know that there's more and he's calling you forward. Understand one of the arch enemies of confidence is intimidation. Right off the bat, Joshua could allow intimidation to keep him from stepping in that place of calling. If he had just looked at everything that Moses did and, and begin to compare himself. See, here's the problem. If he had compared himself, it would have kept him hostage. But what Joshua needed in that moment, he needed a good dose of God-inspired confidence. You got this, Joshua. You can do this, Joshua. I've called you. I've destined you. I've purposed you. I've seen you here before. Understand when you talk about God confidence, it's believing in the greatness of God, His strength, His integrity, His sovereign power, and what He needs to do and what, he can, and what He's done. When you talk about God confidence, we can have full, complete confidence in God. God is a God who empowers us, engages us, and strengthens us. It is this confidence that God makes it possible to achieve and accomplish anything and everything that God sets before us. What do you mean, Javon, confidence? Trust is defined this way. Trust, reliance, faith certainty and someone or something listen to this being convinced fully persuaded with inward certainty and trust in other words i'm fully persuaded i don't care what i see with my eyes i don't care what i hear with my ears i don't care how bad things get I am fully persuaded. I love it. It said, and trust within, not within my head because my head act crazy sometimes, but it's something on the inside of me that is signed, sealed, and delivered that I don't care what happens, when it happens, how it happens. I know my God is faithful. I know my God is good. I know he loves me unconditionally. I know that he is for me. He is with me. I may not understand 
his ways, but I believe I know his heart. When I can't trust his hand, I'll always trust his character. I am convinced with great confidence that my God is faithful. He's faithful. He's able. He's with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And that's what we got to get. We got to get an inward confidence that God is good. There's different types of confidence. There's people confidence. Psalms 118 and 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You could be overconfident. Philippians 3, 4 said, this is Paul said, though I may also have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I the more. You have to go. You can't have people's confidence. Being overconfident and not even self-confident. You have to have God confidence. What do you mean self-confidence? Understand that Joshua was not his original name. Joshua's original name in the book of Numbers was Hosea, H-O-S-H-E-A, Hosea, which means salvation. But the Bible said that Moses renamed him to Joshua. Watch this. I've said this wrong. I've said Joshua meant salvation. It's not correct. Hosea, his original name was salvation. But watch this. Joshua means Lord of salvation see that's two different things there's salvation and then there's lord of salvation in other words when you i believe moses he knew what he was doing because he said for so long you've been looked at as salvation but where you're about to step into and where you're about to lead i gotta make sure that you understand that you're not the source You're just the instrument. (laughs) And so your confidence won't be in yourself. Your confidence will remain in God. Because Joshua is the Lord. It means Lord of salvation. No, Joshua, you're not salvation. You're the instrument that I'm going to use to bring salvation. So don't get it twisted like we would say. Because see, let me just say this. See, see. Your elevation is never about your ambition. I'm going to go over here and tell them. Your elevation is not about your ambition. When God elevates you, it's not about your ambition. It's always about his agenda. God elevates you for his agenda. God lifts you up for his plans and purpose. And when he does, it's not about your ambition. It's about his agenda. But watch this. When it's about his agenda, you'll always be a benefactor of his blessings. That's the beauty in it. So don't get it. And what Moses said, I want you to understand that you can't have confidence in who you are. But you have to have confidence in who he is. Notice how often scriptures exhorts us to have confident living. Proverbs 3.26. Are y'all with me? Just teaching a little bit. For the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being snared. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. I said, he that begins a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence, listen to this, steadfast to the end. 
Did you hear what he said? He said the confidence that you had when you first got saved, when you first came to Christ, when you were on fire for God. We couldn't keep you out of the church. We couldn't keep you from volunteering in every department of the church. We, you were Every time the doors were open, you were here. You were always witnessing somebody. You were, he said that confidence, that fire that you had, he said keep it till the end. Listen, the longer we serve God, we should, it shouldn't be the duller we become. The longer we serve God, it shouldn't be the more mink mound. No, 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 no. The more we serve God, the more passionate we should become, the more hungryish we should become. You ought to be thirsty more today than you were when you first got saved. You ought to be more hungrier now than when you were when you first got saved. This walk is not a downward walk. It's an upward calling. Come on. Is anybody hearing me? We got to get to the place that I know that I'm called to move progressively in the things of God. I am never meant to stay the same. He said, therefore, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 36, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. This blessed my life. It said, don't cast away your confidence. This writer was addressing a group of believers that were under tremendous persecution regarding their faith. And they were believers that had been holding on to their confessions of faith. They had been declaring what God is going to do. God is faithful. God is good. Like we were just talking. They've been singing and worshiping. But the writer is addressing them because it came to a point that after so long, of being under persecution and attack, they begin to waver some. Their confessions begin to go down. Their faith begin to dwindle. And like a good preacher and a prophetic voice stepped in at the right time and said, no. He said, you've come too far. <laughs> you've come too far. You've prayed too much. You've worshiped too long. You've gave too consistently. You served hold heart. Don't you get to here and start slowing down. Don't you get to here and start backing up. He said, do not cast away your confidence. And they said, well, you don't know how hard it is. You don't know how tough it is. You don't know what I've been going through. He said, let me help you out. Let me build some confidence in you while you don't need to cast your confidence away. It's in that one statement, your recompense of reward. Mm -hmm. What he's talking about. Let me let me just put it in our terms. He said, if you don't cast away your confidence, there's coming reimbursement. If you don't ca uh -oh, ca cast away your confidence, there's coming retribution. You got to understand. Let, let me just let me. Can I give it to you like I wrote it down when it says recompense of reward? God will see to it that you are paid and fully reimbursed for expenses you have spent to do his will. He will make a settlement that takes care of all injuries, losses you may have incurred. He will make sure that you get reparations to cover all that has been damaged or destroyed due to the attacks of the enemy or because of adversarial situations you have faced. God said, don't cast it away. There's coming a payday. There's coming a reward day. You can't give up now because it's God saying, I will 
will repay. It may not come in money. It may not come in a check in the mail, but it may come in greater miracles. It may come in greater victories. It may come with that business taking off like never before. It may come with that child that you thought that was lost. All of a sudden, she knocks on the front door. Don't cast away your confidence. Payday is on the way. If you believe it, give Jesus a shout of praise. See, I'm pumped because, see, if it was man owing me, I would worry about it. But the Bible said, God said, I'll owe no man nothing. So I know that he's good for it. I know that he's going to make it right. I will repay, the Lord said. Your labor has not been in vain. Your tears have not been in vain. Your worship has not been in vain. Sometimes it gets tough. Sometimes it gets hard. But there's not one tear that's ever fallen from your face that your God has missed before it ever hit the ground. Matter of fact, the psalmist says he hears the voices of our weeping. Your tears have a voice in heaven that God hears before it ever leaves your eyes. He is faithful. He is faithful to repay. I am. Let me give you these three and I'm going to get out of your way. Let me give you several things that promises of God to inspire confidence in God. Godfidence. The Lord spoke to Joshua saying, number one, notice what he said. The Lord spoke to Joshua saying, I will give you every place you set your foot. Now watch this. Listen to what I'm about to say. My per first point is this. What's the first one? What is, what is the first thing that will always inspire confidence in God? God's spoken promises. Notice it said, and the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, you have to understand we serve a speaking God. The Bible said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. We were created to hear the voice of God. God wants to talk to you. See, what I love up until this point, God has talked to Joshua through Moses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Through Moses to Joshua. But right now God says, uh-uh, I'm not doing it that way anymore. I'm not, I don't need an, an, an in-between. I'm talking to you one-on-one. -on -one. And notice that was under the old covenant. Because see, even in the new covenant, that's the beauty of a New Testament believer. That God wants to talk to me himself. He wants to have a personal relationship with me himself. Listen, I believe in the prophetic gifts and, and, and the operation of the gifts as the scripture tell us. But can I tell you that first, if you are a sheep, you are meant to hear his voice for yourself. I, I, come on, is anybody hearing me? And we got to get to where we learn. 
learn to hear the voice of God so you're not hopping from church to church and conference to conference and group to group and pastor to pastor and leader to leader here and there everywhere I need a word 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 no what you need to do is get somewhere with your Bible and get quiet and shut the door as Matthew 6 shut everything down turn that phone off turn the TV off put the iPad down and sit and say like Samuel said speak Lord speak thy servant listens he speaks through his word our pastor taught teaches us if you want to hear God read God he speaks through his word and what happened when he speaks it hits the womb of your spirit and something rises up in you I'm going to tell you the power of him speaking to you that brings confidence. A man that was suicidal, a suicidal prophet running from his life, begging to die, crying out, want to live after a horrible intimidation, a, a, a horrible threat from Jezebel, found himself in a cave wanting to end his life. And the Bible said there was the earthquake, but he wasn't in that. There was a thunder and a roar, but he wasn't in that. There was a great wind that blew, but he wasn't in that. And the Bible said, said but a still small voice it was that voice that came into a cave of depression and disparity that hit the womb of that prophet that he stood back up again and say now I got my mojo back now I got my confidence back I didn't think I was gonna make it but I've heard his voice has anybody ever heard his voice before can I preach to somebody else same thing Peter poor Peter denied Jesus turned his back on Jesus. Peter was oh, guilt ridden, full of condemnation, full of shame. Peter said, I, I, I didn't think I'd never do it. But he said, I, I found myself doing what I said I never do. Have you ever did what you said you never do? And the devil reminds you every time and every day that you did it. But here we have Peter, one of the disciples who's, who's down on himself, who's guilt ridden and condemnation. But the Bible said that when Jesus rose up and when those few disciples were at the tomb he said listen to me I need you to go tell the other disciples uh-huh listen to this and Peter to meet me in Galilee for I have risen notice what the Bible said they went and ran and told and when they told Peter Peter got up out of condemnation Peter got up out of shame why did he get up because he heard a voice there was a voice that says I know you fell down but you can get back up again I know you messed up but you can get back on track again I know you said you never do it but I am the God that wipes out your sins and remember them no more I need to I hear I believe that somebody is hearing the voice of confidence in this service I don't care how far you've fallen I don't care how low you've fallen you hadn't fallen so far that the voice of the mighty one can lift you back up to a confident life in Christ if you believe that give Jesus a shout of praise why are you yelling why are you screaming I'm passionate about this I'm not angry confidence his voice his voice will give you vision oh man see what do you mean Javon he, he told Joshua 
He said, come here. I don't know how far far away they were. He said, come here, let me show you something. But watch this. Watch the voice. Why it's good to hear his voice. Because his voice will give you vision. And he'll give you a vision of victory, which which inspires confidence. Watch this. Listen to what he says. He said, I'm going to read it to you in Joshua 6. He said, Jericho is tightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, here it is. See, see, I think only you and me, Pastor Ben, see it. See, 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 I have given. See, I will give, uh uh-uh. See, I might give, uh uh-uh. See, I have given Jericho into your hand, not just Jericho. I even took down the one that's in charge and all the soldiers. But notice the first word he gave him. He said, see, his voice was given vision. I need you can't see it with your natural eyes on the outside but I need you to see it with your spiritual eyes on the inside he said I'm giving you a vision of victory before the battle even starts you need to see yourself on the other side of those walls right now before you take a step before you take a shout oh I'm praying I prayed yesterday that God even in this service would give people a vision of victory you've had a vision of defeat too long you had a vision of being a victim too long you need a vision of victory a vision that says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you you can do it you will do it you need a vision of victory and the vision of victory comes from hearing his voice man I'm trying to move on but this this point is eating me alive you got to hear his voice You got to hear his voice. Got to hear, hear his voice. You need a vision of victory. Because Joshua, he said, he said, he said, I'm going to give you Jericho. Oh, my Lord. But up until this point, they had been accustomed to military tactics. But see, after he gave him a vision... His voice gave him a strategy. And the strategy was not in military tactics. But the strategy was contrary to their strength and their ability. Because understand up until this point, the children of Israel had great trust in their commander. But God was saying, where I'm taking you, you got to get trust out of the commander and confidence in your Christ. So the way that I'm going to do this is not, we're not going to drop bombs. We're not going to shoot guns. I don't know if they had them. We're not going to use tanks, but I'm going to take you from military tactics to trusting in a mighty God. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk around Jericho once for six days. And on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. And on the last one, you're going to shout. Watch this. Them circling Jericho had nothing to do with the walls, but had everything to do with them. See, we think the circling had to do with the walls. It had nothing to do with the walls. 
It had everything to do with the children of Israel and Joshua. Because imagine what it, what it felt like going around those walls and ain't nothing happening. I walked again. Nothing's happening. I'm walking again. And not, I mean, there's no crack in this mug. I mean, ain't nothing. Can I get some dust off the wall? Can I get a little something, something? Give me a little rattle. Give me a little shake. Nothing. On the sixth day, that joker looked the same as it did on the first day. Nothing has changed. And seemingly, they're just walking around in circles. They're just doing the monotonous thing to do. I don't know why we're doing this. It doesn't make sense to me. I know exactly why you're doing that. Because God is saying, where I'm about to take you you got to get your eyes off man you got to get your confidence off man and when it seems like life is only going in circles I'm teaching you to trust me I'm teaching you to know that I got this thing on lock I know it doesn't look like anything is happening it's not happening out there it's happening in here I'm teaching you to trust the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thy own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge me and I'll bring those walls down I'll make the path straight. I'll save the lost children. I'll turn the marriage around. I'll heal the body in Jesus' mighty name. Does anybody believe that today that we serve a God that wants confidence and trust in him? Woo! Man! Number two, real quick. That was my introduction. I'm just playing. Real quickly, I'm, I'm about to come. I'm, I'm about, I'm, I see the runway. I see SNA, John Wayne Airport. Wheels are coming down. He said, Number two, I will be with you as I was with Moses. What do you mean by that, Lord? Number two, what does it mean? I will be with you as I was with Moses. Now listen to what I'm about to say. In other words, God, number one, he'll use his spoken promises to build confidence. But watch this. He'll use people in your life to build confidence. Now watch, I'm not about to contradict myself. Listen to what I'm about to say. The people are not the source of confidence, but a point of reference for confidence. I'm going to say it again. The people are not the source of confidence, but a point of reference for confidence. See, he said, I want to give you a point of reference. Remember your boss, Moses? Remember how I was with him? Remember how I gave him miraculous protection from Pharaoh? Remember how I gave him miraculous provision on Mount Sinai when I gave him a, just a blank check and just said, when they ask who sent you, just tell them I am. He said, remember when, when I displayed my miraculous power with him, when I transformed his shepherd's rod into a sign of authority, how he stretched it in the seas part. In other words, I, I want you to remember your point of reference, that person Moses. But I put it like this. I want you to reference to how I was with him, but don't get locked into how I did it for him. Reference how I was with him, but don't get locked in to how I did it for him. In other words, remember the miracles, 
but forget the method. <laughs> because let me give you a prime example. Because God knew that Joshua was going to face some water one day. He knew that he was going to have to cross some water one day. But naturally, because of his predecessor, when he came to the Jordan, in his mind, he would have thought, oh, I know what to do right here. I've been here before with Moses. I just need to find a rod and stretch it and God will spread it. But that's not how God works. It's still his power, but he changes his methods. Because see, in one generation, the scripture said, he said, stretch the staff to part the waters. But he said, Joseph, he said, he said, Joshua, I, I want you to remember the miracles, but don't get locked into the method. Because in that generation, they stretched. But in your generation, I need you to step. Good God. <laughs> in other words, that's why my confidence got to be in him all the time. Because you can be in a season where you should be stepping and you're still trying to stretch. You're trying to stretch where you should be stepping. But my confidence have to be in him because he will order my steps, the Bible said. And I'll remember his power. I'll forget the method because the way he wants to do it now may not be the way he did it back then. And my God, we've got to be a people that just say, Lord, I trust you. I'm not going to box you in to a method. I'm not going to box revival into a method. There's been great things and good things and awesome things, but how many of you don't believe that we serve a God that says, remember not the former things, neither the things of the old, but behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Does anybody believe that God can do some new miracles, some new breakthroughs, some new supernatural turnarounds? Do you believe God can do something new in your life, in your marriage, in your family. I believe that he can. I know that he can. I'm believing him to do something new in this church. Something our eyes have not seen. Something our ears have not heard. Come on, is anybody daring to dream with us and say we can do something in Orange County that has not never been done before? Don't be locked into a method. Believe in a God of miracles. Last one as they come to the music. I promise. He said, one of the greatest confidence builders in who I am is this right here. He said, remember that I am with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You know what he was saying? He was reassuring him of the power of his presence. We often think about his omnipresence. God's everywhere. But when you study the scripture, there's the manifest presence of God. The Bible said in Exodus 33, it speaks of his guiding presence. It says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Psalms 23, 4 speaks of his protective presence. He said, you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but don't fear any evil. You might go through a valley in a low time. The shadow 
or the va- Ooh. Have you ever noticed it says shadow? Shadow of death. See, I just why I can't stand the devil. The devil will have you jacked up over a shadow. It said a shadow. It didn't say death, a shadow. Something that looks. Because he want to convince you when I hear, hit a low time, it's at the end. You've died. It's over. But God said, when I'm with you, it's just a shadow. Because, whoa, God, in order to have a shadow, there's got to be light somewhere. There's got to be some light somewhere. Maybe the shadow is there because the light is with me. He's walking with me. And that's why he said, it's nothing but a shadow. I'm with you. Woo, man. Praise God. Throw your hands up and thank him that he's with you. Oh. I want to declare that over somebody. It's not the end. It's just a shadow. It's not over. It's just a shadow. It's not done. It's just a shadow. The Lord of lights is with you. Praise God. I said he's with you. I said he's with you. Everybody stand to your feet. He's here. I said he's here. Somebody needs to be reminded. He's with you. I feel like saying that prophetically, he is with you. The enemy, you're in a you're in you're in a tough season. And the enemy is trying to convince you that you're by yourself. You have nobody. Nobody understands nobody. I said he's with you. And it's just the shadow. As long as he's with you, it's a shadow. Be encouraged. Confidence in who he is and what he can do. It comes from his voice. It comes when I'm able to hear, not with these ears, but hear with my heart and with my spirit. And it stirs up confidence. pray that that God may me be a point of reference for you because every in reality all of us is because the Bible said we're all the faces different faces of his grace you know what that means you're a point of reference I can look at a Ben Prescott and God will say that's a point of reference he's a point of reference for somebody who's in the hospital and says their brain is gone there's nothing they can do he's a point of reference that said they said it about him but God can turn it around see your testimony Pastor Ben talked about this one it enables you to be a point of reference and God wants to you if we'll have a confident lifestyle and put out God will use you as a point of reference and say look at rough if I can deliver that joker, I promise you I can break that little stuff off of you. Because that joker was bound in some mess. Look at that guy. 
His business was down in the dumps. He's a point of reference to another businessman, how God can restore and lift up what seemingly was lost forever. God, may this church be a point of reference. Can we say that? Throw your hands up because we are the church. May this church be a point of reference. When they say, where can you go to get healed? They say, free chapel. Where can you go to get delivered? Free chapel. Where can you go to rise in your face? Free chapel. Where can you go to get saved? Free chapel. How can I get my marriage back in line and my family? Go to free. God, will you make us a point of reference for this nation, for the glory of your name and the expansion of your kingdom? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.